All right, good morning, church. Woo! It's actually a nice day out. Are you stoked? All right. We are in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5 today. 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5, honoring widows. couple of announcements. Uh, we do have food after the service, so stay, hang out, break bread. It's Communion Sunday, so we're excited to just remember what the Lord did for us, and what a blessing to have you all here. We've got so much stuff going on during the week. If you just check the website, or uh, you can find out how to get plugged in with men's studies, women's studies, stuff for kids, all kinds of things going on. Uh, we do, we're doing a Friday morning uh, college group class here that you're welcome to come to at 10 a.m. on Fridays. Um, and just we just encourage you guys, get plugged in. I think Jesus is coming really soon. We want to be about the Father's business. And so I uh, just pray. I, we pray. We were here this morning all down here in front praying for all you guys that, that today would be uh, something that God would speak so to your heart today that it would change you like never before. And so um, with that, uh, let's pray for the service. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to talk about you and your love, Lord. Lord, we need more of you. We need so much more of you. Lord, this world needs you. And Lord, for some reason, you've decided to use us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we don't understand it. We know that you could pick someone better, but you chose to use us because you love us so deeply. And Lord, you like to do a lot with a little to blow the minds of those who think they're smart. And so, Lord, we come before you today and ask for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, Lord. I got a fresh filling of your love. Wrap your arms around us like a warm blanket and give us peace in this crazy world, Lord God, that we could just rest in you and know you got this and that you're going to use us all the way up until that trumpet blows. And so we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this study today. I was just listening to those songs and I was thinking, do we really understand the depths of God's love? Do we really understand what he's done for us? You know, I, I think of Romans 12, where it says, I, Wherefore I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is, it is only reasonable for us to give our whole life to Jesus and stop yielding a little bit, but yield it all. His plan is better than any plan I have. His love is deeper than any love I've ever experienced. I can't even grasp the depths of His love. God's love is so amazing. I don't even fully understand it. But I know that by having kids and having grandkids that, that God is somehow related to me deeper about unconditional love. Because when you have children, when you have grandchildren, you'll give your life for them. 
I'll give my life for my wife. I'll give my life for my kids. I'll give my life for my grandkids without hesitating. And through that, understanding that love, it helps me to draw me a little closer to God. Because I still don't understand why He loves me. I was a mess. And He loved me. I was in rebellion. And He chased me down. I was broken. And He came alongside me. And revealed Himself to me. And I got saved. Just like you. I wasn't looking for fire insurance. A get out of hell free card. I just had a reality of who He really was. And how much He loved me. And because of that, I was moved. I was moved by His compassion for me. His willingness to save me. I still don't get it. How deep the Father's love. And it breaks my heart. I look out on this North Shore and see so many lost people chasing money and stuff and fame and excitement. You know, we're we're going through the Gospel of Mark on Friday with the college kids here in the morning, and we've been going through just the Gospel of Mark, and all through it, it's like he had compassion on the people. He had compassion on that person. He had compassion on the multitude. God had compassion on us. Has loved us like no one has ever loved us before. He, he, we, he, we got the Ten Commandments. I get all that. And we realize that the Ten Commandments, that we can't keep them, but they were there to show us that we needed a Messiah. That we couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. It was a schoolmaster to show us we needed help. And the only one that could keep the commandments was Jesus Christ. And He did. But I love what He did after that because, you know, we're a little slow. Ten Commandments, that's a lot. We you know, memorize. So He narrows it down to two. Love the Lord God with all your with everything you got. And love your neighbor as yourself. He just puts it down to two. That's pretty easy for us to grab onto, isn't it? Love God with everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the hard part. You know, I'm so tired of hearing people say, well, you know, I can't love others until I learn to love myself. You already know how. Come on. We're all self-centered. We're all like vain, aren't we? Aren't we? Okay, thank you. I didn't want to feel like I was all alone there. I ain't much, but I'm all I think about. If we could learn to love each other like we love ourselves, you know what that means? We'd be putting everybody else first. When Jesus would say, go talk to that person, we'd say, for how long? When Jesus would say, I want you over here, how long, Lord? When Jesus says, do this or do that, how many times, Lord? We sing that song, I surrender all. Do we? Do we really understand the, the depths of God's love? 
Our purpose is to get the gospel out. To have love for one another. To love the brethren. That's what He's called us to do. Can we really understand God's love? I'm going to read something you probably never heard before. John 3.16. (laughs) For God so loved the world. Wow. The world. Every person. Every scary person. Every evil person, every sinner, every unbeliever, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Are you kidding me? You know, I read this verse for over 30 years. And it just hit me not too long ago what it was really saying. God so loved the world. He gave His life for the world, but His love won't save the world. you got to respond to it. He loves you deeply, and it's hard for me to grab onto. He loved Hitler. He loved Jeffrey Dahmer. He loved Bin Laden. Yes, he did. That seems crazy. How can he love those guys? They're murderers. You know, I never forget hearing Jeffrey Dahmer before he was executed in prison for murder. He was a crazy guy. He not only murdered people, but he ate them. And he gave his life to the Lord in his last few days. And Christians were offended they were in an uproar but you know what Jesus came to die for Jeffrey Dahmer and maybe maybe you don't feel that's fair you know what's not fair I'll tell you what's not fair that I made it I didn't deserve it Jeffrey Dahmer didn't deserve it None of us deserve that. Did anybody here earn their salvation? I didn't. Thank God for His grace. For it's by grace that you're saved, not of your works, because if it was works, we'd all be boasting. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but through Him might be saved. God, once you've given your life to the Lord, listen, you're going to screw up. Anybody screw up this week? Be honest, you're in church. Okay, it's unanimous, everybody. Losers. We're all, I mean, it blows me away. All the years walking with the Lord, and then I screw up, and I'm like, am I still doing that? Sorry, Lord, but isn't it great that we can go before him and confess our sins, and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness? That's amazing. That's something to clap about, actually. (laughs) He washes us clean because he loves us. He loves you so much. You need to understand the depths of his love. And remember this as a believer. When you mess up, condemnation is not from God. 
You are not condemned. The world's already condemned. They need Jesus. But you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You are not condemned. When you feel condemnation, that is Satan. Try to make you feel like junk so you don't come back to church. But with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict us. The Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit convicts us, doesn't condemn us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And what does conviction do? Draws us right up to Jesus. So the difference between condemnation and conviction is one drives you away from Jesus. The other drives you to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, it's so great that when I screw up that I can go boldly before the throne and fall on my face in tears and say, Lord, forgive me. And he picks me up. Man, and he wraps those arms around you. And he says, you're mine. I love you. Now get back out there and do it right. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Too many people today love darkness more than light. That's why the world's messed up. That's why it's pushing to a one world rule, one world money, one world military, one world health thing because it's dark. The good news is, the darker it gets, the closer we are to Jesus coming. The closer we are to hearing that trumpet sound and being caught up with the twinkling of an eye. Amen? For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest the deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may clearly be seen that they have been done in God. You know, I love it when I can look at somebody and not even talk to them and know they're a Christian. Because, you know, sometimes there's people that got to convince you that they're Christians. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, no, I'm a Christian. Are you? You know, I'm... but there's people that you just see the way they, they run their life. That it's so full of Jesus. They're so flowing with God. The Holy Spirit is just moving past through them in such a mighty, powerful way that you go, I know they're Christians. You ever met someone like that? Anybody say amen? I got to read you something I'm thinking of. The love chapter. What's the love chapter? What, what chapter? First Corinthians 13. Let's do it. We want to understand the depths of God's love. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. If we don't have love, we're just making noise, right? And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. Man, have you ever been around somebody who was kind of like high and mighty about all the scripture they knew, and they're just popping off verses, and they're trying to make you feel like you, you haven't arrived to where they're at? Shame on them. Knowledge what? Puff us up. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Listen, you can give all your money to the church and still not have love. And some people think because of the way they're living their life that maybe if I just give money at the church, then God will forgive me and bless me. No, God just wants you to obey. Because you can give everything you got, and if you don't have love, you're nothing. And if you don't have love, that means you really don't have Jesus. Hello? In Mark chapter something, seven, Jesus tells his disciples to forgive your brothers. That's the loving thing to do, right? Is there anybody that's like on your heart right now that you hate? Don't raise your hand. Or maybe you don't hate them, but you just don't like them and you really don't care if you ever see them again because they did something to you and it was so wrong. And I understand. But you know what? You know what Jesus said to his disciples? He said, listen, if you don't forgive them, neither will the Father in heaven forgive you. What? Are you kidding, Lord? Do you know what they did to me? Yeah, it was terrible. Why do I have to forgive them? Because it's destroying you. Does it mean I lose my salvation? If I don't forgive others, neither will the Father forgive me? No, it's not talking about your salvation. It's talking about God can't use you. You're saved, but He's going to put you on a shelf because you don't want to forgive. And He's screaming in your ear, how much did I forgive you of? How did you figure that person needed the blood of Jesus more than you? Who are you not to forgive when I've cleansed you from all your sins and given you eternal life? Hello? I don't know who this is speaking to. Me. He says, love suffereth long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself it's not puffed up does not behave itself rudely does not seek its own is not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in truth beareth all things believeth all things hopeth all things endureth all things love never fails god's love never fails for you don't let the enemy whisper in your ear that god doesn't love you anymore that's from the pit of hell god loves you he wants to use you. Are you available to Him? His love is so perfect. He's given us a, a chapter here about love. Just so we would know the outline. Right? And so you can take verse 4-8 through eight and you can throw your name in there for love. And see how you do. I'm up here, so I'm going to use my name. Check it out. Steve suffereth long. Steve's kind. Steve doesn't envy. Steve doesn't parade himself. He's not puffed up. He does not behave rudely. He does not seek his own. He is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopes all things, endureth all things. Steve never fails. That sound awesome. 
Check this out. I'm going to put Jesus in there. Jesus suffers long. Jesus is kind. Jesus doesn't envy. He does not parade himself. He's not puffed up. He does not behave rudely. He does not seek his own. He's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Jesus never fails. No one has ever loved you like Jesus. No one has ever loved you like Jesus. So we need to love one another, amen? As ourselves. You know you're number one in your life. Well, actually, Jesus is number one in your life, but you're kind of like that close second, right? Sorry to say we shouldn't be like that, right? We should be other-centered, not self-centered, but it's, it's something about our nature that's always about me. What about me? What about my needs? What about my wants? What about me? And i got to get that out of my life. It's not about me. It's about Him. And I have to yield everything to Him. And I've got to have the same love for others that He has for me. 1 John 4.8 says, He who does not love does not know God. He who does not love does not know God because God is love. So if, if you're someone that doesn't love or you're holding grudges, you're not representing the Lord. You're not representing the Lord. And I want to represent the Lord, don't we? We want to. But we've got to have love. God's promised us so many great things. He's coming for us. We have eternal life. He told the, the disciples in John 14, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. He's coming for you. And knowing that He's coming for you, shouldn't we be doing what He's asking us to do? We, we've got to stop like saying, Lord, I'll serve you if I can do this. Or if I can do that. Because guaranteed, He's going to test your heart by giving you something you don't want to do. Hello? we got people that come here early in the morning and they clean toilets. They said, hey, I want to be used by God. I go, okay, here's a brush. They're like, what? Yeah, you're going to go boldly before the throne of grace. <laughs> and then they realize that's how it starts. Because if you're willing to do that, you're willing to do anything for Jesus. If you're willing to bring a cup of cold water to those in need, to drop off food at someone's house, to mow your neighbor's lawn, to bring a meal to those that are in need, God's going to use you greatly. But He starts by using you behind the scenes where nobody can see. And He promises us an eternity. And He shares with us about His love. I, I, I'm thinking about the prayer of um, Jesus. The Lord's Prayer. And, and I'm not thinking of the, the Lord's Prayer that's... Um, 
It's the one that we sing, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's, that's a model prayer. Did you know that? Because the disciple says, hey, teach us how to pray. And, and Jesus said, well, okay, this is how you, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses if we forgive those who trespass against us. And it goes on. And the thing is, is that we're supposed to honor God first and give thanks when we pray. We're to forgive. We're to then ask for what we need. He already knows what we need. You really don't even have to ask because he already knows. But just, I want to encourage you, just say, tomorrow morning as you wake up, say, Lord, reporting for duty. I know, according to Revelation, I was created for your good pleasure, so I'm here today. Whatever you got, I got some ideas, but hey, mess them up. And I want to do what you want me to do. And I want you to blow my mind. And isn't it funny how when stuff doesn't go your way during the day, like the car breaks down or you get stuck somewhere you didn't want to be, and all of a sudden there's that divine appointment, you go, oh, that's what this was all about. I was in a hurry to get to town. My car broke down. I had to get a tow truck driver, and then I got the witness to him. Isn't that worth it? But the real prayer that we have of Jesus Christ is in John 17. And everywhere through the Gospels, we see Jesus getting off to be with the Father. I mean, all through the Gospels, while the disciples are sleeping, his way of being refreshed was to to go up to a mountain or get off to a quiet place and pray to the Father, to commune with the Father, to have dialogue with the Father. Not just to talk, but to listen. Jesus never asked us to do anything that He didn't give us an example of doing. And when he, His idea of getting refreshed is praying, that should be our idea of getting refreshed, is praying. When you've been used by God in such a mighty way, God had filled you up with the Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit... Through the Spirit, you were able to bless people and all of that power is coming out of you into the people you're blessing and then you're left to yourself again. you got to say, Lord, fill me afresh. I need some more. And the great thing is, refills are free. You have not because you ask not. Lord, I'm feeling kind of weak. Well, then ask to be strong. Lord, I'm a little down. Well, then ask me to be up. Lord, I need your help. Here's the power. You have not because you ask not. I don't know about you, but I asked to be refilled all during the day. I can't tell you how many times I was saying it before this service and how blessed it was to sit with a bunch of brothers and sisters and just pray for the service, to pray for you. But there's power when you get on your knees. There's power when you just give your heart to God and you pray and you ask Him for strength. Jesus in John 17 spoke his words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may be glorif- when glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself 
with the glory which we had before the world was. Do you ever stop and think of that? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit hanging out together before the world was? What were they doing? I got a lot of questions. How long was that? I mean, I can't grab onto eternity, okay, because I, I, I got a, like a finite mind. What do you mean you were always there? Well, there had to be a first day, right? No, I was always there. What? How's that work? And if the universe only goes so far and stops, what's on the other side? But you see, if I could figure out God, He wouldn't be worth worshiping. Because if I could figure out God, i go, I know everything that He knows. Why should I worship Him? But so many things that God does is a mystery to us. And He's going to be revealing His grace throughout all eternity to us. He says, I have manifest Your name to the men whom You've given Me out of the world. They were Yours. You've given them to Me, and they have kept Your Word. Now they have known all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Jesus is praying for us. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you've given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. And those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them have I lost, except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled." But now I come to you, these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and their world has and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. Listen, we got a job to do. It's going to be rough, but guess, guess what? Jesus has your hand through the whole thing. Listen, the bombs are going to be going off all around you, but he's got your hand. It's good. He's there with you. It's all good. What's the worst thing that could happen to us here? We die? Hello? Close your eyes open. Jesus! It's a pretty good deal. That's first-class ticket to heaven. We shouldn't be worried about death. We shouldn't be worried about what people think about us. Share Jesus. Share the gospel. Listen, the world doesn't care about sharing what they believe in and putting you down and beating you up for being a Christian, you know what? Stand bold for your faith, but in love. Say, you know what? I, I know you like to tease me and put me down and everything, but you know what? God died for you. Jesus died for you. He loves you. And you need Jesus. Because obviously you're not happy because all you're doing is going around picking on Christians. Putting them down. God loves you so much that He gave His life for you. And if you surrender your life to Him, you'll have everlasting life. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. We're not of this world. We're children passing through. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is what? Truth. I'm coming up to this one part that I just, wow. 
Let's see if you get it. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. We've been sent. And for their sakes I sanctified myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Be in the word of God. You'll go good. I do not pray for these alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. He's talking about the people you're going to share the gospel with. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Jesus is in the Father. The Father is in him. They're in us. We're in them. That's good news. I'm so glad they included us. And I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you have, the, the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, and they may be made perfect in one. And the world may know that you sent me. Here it is. Check it out. And that you love them as you've loved me. Are you kidding me? Jesus just told us that the Father loves us like he loves Jesus. Are you getting that? Wow. Father, I desired that also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold the glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Man, you want to read that every day, John 17. That is precious. That is mind-blowing. Um, let me read one more thing in closing oh yeah <laughs> I hope this is encourages you Romans 8 28 and we know I like that. I looked up no, it said no. And we know. It means like you know. It doesn't say in the Greek, and we think. It doesn't say, and we hope. It says, and we know. What do we know? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. Did you know that? Whatever you're going through right now, God's using it to draw you closer. Hello? I know you may be kicking and screaming, but he's like, it's going to be good. Just take it easy. You ever lost your child in Walmart? I'm, I'm Target. You know, like, like they're really sneaky, right? You get to the women's clothes or something, and they, they like, there's that round rack, and they, they go in the middle of it, and they hide. And then you can't find them, then you're frantic. And you're all like, and then all of a sudden they come out and they realize you're not there. And they melt down and they start screaming. And then the Walmart security gets a hold of them. 
and then they go over the loudspeaker. We've got a young kid screaming out here in the front, lost his mommy. And then mommy comes, and mommy's crying, the baby's crying, and, and mommy grabs the baby, the baby's just holding on, but the baby won't stop crying. And the whole time mommy's going, hey, I'm right here, it's okay, you're safe, you're safe, but the baby just won't stop crying. But you don't know what I'm doing. And it just keeps crying and crying. You're like, you're with me. You're fine. That's what Jesus is doing to you. Just stop. I'm here. Get out of the clothing rack. Greater is he is than you than he that is in the world. I'm going to see you through the end. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to get us to the finish line. Hello? Are you sealed with the Holy Spirit today? The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to get you to the finish line. Hello? That's really great because it's not, it's not based on my performance. It's based on His. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed into his image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he had predestined, these also he called. Whom he called, these also he justified. Whom he justified, these also he glorified. That's you. He's changing you from glory to glory. You're not what you used to be. You ain't what you should be, but you're getting there. And man, that whole process is going to be complete when you're standing in His presence. Guess what? You won't be able to sin no more. Praise the Lord, huh? Because I always thought, man, I'll get to heaven, I'll blow it, they'll kick me out. But I'm going to get a new body, new improved. Hello. Yeah, it'll be in shape. And I'll have no more pain. Man. You kids don't get that, but man. I won't have any more tears because he'll wipe those away. And, uh, and I won't be able to sin. I won't be able to blow it. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is, who is, he, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Wow. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or the peril of the sword, as it is written, for your sakes you are killed all day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus through our Lord. Amen? Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord God. We praise you. We give you glory, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much. May we understand the depths of your love so we can love others more. Lord, forgive us, but empower us to do your will, to be used by you. We pray in our heart right now, help us to surrender completely. Not 80%, not 90, but 100 to be used by you, to bring glory to your name, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Oh, Lord, do a move of the Spirit. May we understand the depths of your love that you would bring revival, Lord Jesus. Let revival sweep the North Shore. We want to see it. We want to see it, Lord. We want to experience it. Oh, Lord, just brood over this North Shore by the power of the Holy Spirit. And light this place up for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please stand. We're going to partake in communion. So.